to the Monday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and we are in Zechariah still. And we're in Zechariah 5 and 6. And how was your worship experience yesterday? I hope yours was good. Ours was good. We talked about the sleeping disciple. Hope you didn't sleep through your church service. So today... In Zechariah, Zechariah gets some really cool visions from the Lord. And it starts out with a flying scroll. And what I get, what is really cool about this, what I get is how distinct it is. Because he says, what do you see? And he says, I see a flying scroll, 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. That is pretty precise right and so the angel tells him the scroll contains the curse that's going out into the entire land one side is for those who steal they're going to be banished from the land and the other side is for those who swear falsely so those who steal and lie cheat others, lie, bear false witness, manipulate, they're going to be banished from the land. So these vi- these visions have switched from an, like a local individualistic type thing to, uh, you know, just for Jerusalem to what's going to happen for the land it's going out to like the world more or less and so they're going to be the the people that lie cheat uh others steal you know they're gonna they're gonna be banished from the land now here's what's interesting steel is mentioned if we look at John 10.10 10 in the New Testament, and I know we're not there yet, but we talk about the New Testament a lot and how this all correlates. The enemy, who is Satan, his whole mindset is to steal, kill, and destroy. I talked about that a little yesterday. And he wants to steal what you have in Jesus so it can he can kill your relationship with the Lord and destroy any hope you have in eternity with the Lord. And right now, if he can get you to do any of those things, you or me, to get you to do the, any of those things that will kill the relationship you have, it will destroy any hope you have in an eternity with the Lord. And right here it tells us if we do any of that stuff, we'll be banished from him forever. 
And so I think that's interesting how they kind of correlate right off the bat. So his next vision, and I, I could have highlighted this whole thing because it's really intense. You know, it kind of reminds me of the Christmas Carol uh, when he's speaking to one of, and Christmas Carol, you know, I've used that in uh, sermons before because really there's a lot of spirituality in that because if we don't change, like Scrooge changed, then, you know, we wear the fetters of Jacob Marley and we are in that, we, you know, Marley's like showing that he's in purgatory, basically, which we don't really believe in purgatory, but he's in his own hell, and we don't want to be in hell. So Scrooge gets his stuff together and ends up becoming what would be portrayed as a righteous man, okay? And he repents. And it's obvious that he repents because it shows that. I love that story. I see it every Christmas in a certain version that I like. So what's interesting is the second vision, Zachariah sees a woman in a basket. Well, he doesn't see her yet, but he sees uh, a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of of everyone throughout the land. So here we are looking at everyone throughout the land. But on this basket, there's a heavy lead cover. And so the angel's like, look, see what's coming. This is what he's describing. And so when the angel gets here, and this is what's really cool. This reminds me of that one spirit that opens his robe, and in there is the those two cowering children that are in his robe, and I forget what they stand for, but um, they're like wanton neglect or something. And it, and he's like, you got to change your ways. And under the lid of this basket, it's a big lead basket that probably only the 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 angel can remove, he opens the lid and there's a woman in there. Can you imagine that? One, that must be a fairly large basket because even a small woman's going to need a big basket, right? But in there is a woman and the woman's name is wickedness. And he pushed her back in the basket and closed the heavy lid again. And then he's, uh, Zechariah sees two women flying towards them gliding on the wind he calls it gliding on the wind they had wings like storks so here we get the vision of storks no wonder we have that thing for babies early on in life and they picked the basket up and flew away with it into the sky so he says where are they taking it to the angel and the angel says they're taking it to the land of babylonia where they will build a temple for the basket and it'll put it on a pestle. That's where they're taking all the evil to an evil land. And they're taking all the evil there and it'll be put there. So they're taking it. Babylonia is known as, you know, a place where the people are living in their own hell, right? And so they're taking all this wickedness to a place known as wickedness. Remember Nineveh? 
that's where they're taking all that stuff and they're taking it away from the people forever and ever. So move to the next chapter and he sees four chariots coming between two bronze mountains. This is all a vision he's getting, right? And the first chariot was pulled by red horses, the second by black horses, the third by white horses, and the fourth by powerful dappled gray horses. And he says, what are these? And the angel says, these are the four spirits of heaven who stand before the Lord of all the earth. They're going out to do his work. And so basically, they're going out to patrol the earth. And they're going out to basically judge the earth and vent the Lord's anger. They're going out to do what God wants them to do. And they're going to, you know, it's kind of like in the Passover, the angel of death, they're going out to go patrol the earth and rid it of all the evil in its whatever fashion and, and trait that is going on. They each are assign their own duty to look for in their own territory. And if you read that, they're given, you know, which one goes north, which one goes south, that kind of thing. And they all have their own assignment, you know, to look for to rid the earth of the evil. So go and patrol the earth. And so they left, and they're going to the earth, and they're going to go get the evil out because the Lord's going to vent his spirit on that this is so like revelation you know when the lord is going to come and rid the earth of all the evil so this is not only about his time but the time to come and we're not talking about judah and israel anymore we're talking about the earth so the subject matter switches to jeshua and he says, hey, go go get a bunch of gold and stuff and the crown jewels and, and melt it down and make this crown, okay? Accept the gifts from the people and, and melt it down, make this crown, and put the crown on Jeshua's head, the high priest. And he's going to be the branch. But really what, Jesus, what the Lord is saying is, He's representative of the branch because really this is a messianic prophecy of the coming Messiah because what was characteristic in the time of, of Israel, we'll just go United Kingdom here, Israel, Ju Israel and Judah. In the time of the people of Israel, their kingdoms were ruled by a king and a high priest and the two kind of, you know, the king would consult the high priest. The high priest would do the king. The king couldn't do things that the high priest could do, and the high priest couldn't do things that the king could do. But as the Messiah, if we look, and we'll see this when we get to the New Testament, the Messiah was going to be dual role. He is going to be king of kings and our high priest as well. And it'll tell us that he comes from the line of Melchizedek. And so with Jeshua, it's a forerunning of 
hey, this is how it's going to be. We're no longer going to need a king that can't and a high priest that can. We're going to have a king and a high priest in a dual role. And he says, so go get this crown, place it on Jeshua's head. He's going to be called the branch. And the branch here is capitalized. And out of him, he is and build the temple of the Lord. He will build the temple. He will receive royal honor and will rule as king from his throne. So he's going to be high priest, he's going to be the king, he's going to rule, and he's going to be over all our spirituality as well. So he's going to be all of that in one. So think about Jeshua. Remember in Jeshua, Jeshua, in Zechariah 3, Jeshua is the one that stood with the accuser, and the Lord said, I rebuke you, Satan, in your accusations. He is like a burning stick that's been plucked from the fire. And then he told the angels to dress him in new clothes and give him a new turban, right? So the Lord's already prepared him for this. This is really cool to me because this is what the Lord says. You know, he's going to give us crowns, and we're going to be sitting with the Lord at his table. And what's really cool is he's preparing us for such a thing. And it says here that Jeshua will serve as priest from his throne and there will be perfect harmony between his two roles. So he's going to be the forerunner, so to speak, not like John the Baptist, but he has given them the example that this can happen where the high priest and the kingmanship are going to work together because, remember Isaiah said, out of the stump of David will come a branch and he will fear, fear the Lord. He will not judge others by hearsay or outward appearance. <laughs> and he will rule the world. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a lot of that, but it's like, come on. The Lord is preparing all this. But here's the thing. For all this to take place, and do this, all this happens, this is how it closes, all this happens if we carefully obey the Lord and what the Lord God says. So for us to see the crown that the Lord has ready for us, we have to obey the Lord. You know, and there's that song, we bow down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. See, he's got a crown for us, but we just got to do what he wants for us. And then we can do it. You know, my son's name, one of my son's names, and I'm not going to say who he is, but his name means little king. 
Now, did I know that when I named him that? Not exactly. But I just think that's really cool because the Lord looks at all of us as his little kings. But will we obey him to be his little kings? Or are we going to push him out of our life and go our own way and be with that person that was pushed in the basket and led away to Babylon. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of his little kings, and I want to be obedient to what he says, and I keep saying obedient does not mean slaved. Like cracking the whip and being do this, do that. Obedient just means I'm going to follow Jesus because I know he knows best. (laughs) And man, my track record proves that he knows best because I sure was a mess before him. So Zechariah gives us some really cool hope today, and I hope your Monday starts off with some really insight. Remember, the Lord has prepared a place for you, and you are his little king. And he wants you to be in relationship with him and just trust in God. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. I trust in God, my Savior.